started speaking uh, prophetically, and uh, we didn't really get a chance to get into the meat of the teaching, and I just want to do a little bit of review this morning, and then we're going to dive into to the direction that we were going. Um, God is a restorer, and um, He, uh, you know, even just the, the concept of all creation, when God made all of creation, it was beautiful and it was perfect, uh, but then it fell. And then the entirety of redemption is a, is a restoration uh, plan, a plan of restoration, plan of bringing us back into a state of innocence. And, um, you know, like I was sharing last week, there are times in certain areas of your life where it can look like you're losing and it can look like you're not winning. But God is setting you up um, for a time of restoration where he's going to bring you back to that place of victory. And not just when, when God restores, he doesn't just restore back to the place that it was before it fell, he makes it better. And but in Psalm 23, um, one of the things that we really kind of kind of got uh, fixated on last Sunday was talking about soul restoration. And so um, there's a restoration that happens in the in the, in our lives, in the natural, um, in things that you can see and feel and touch. Um, but then there's a restoration that happens in your mind. And a lot of times, the restoration that happens in your mind precedes. Um, what's going to happen out in the, in the physical world. Psalm 23 and verse 3, it says, He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness uh, for His namesake. And so we were just taking a look at, at the restoration of the soul last Sunday. And really, the kind of the primary thing that we got focused on is making sure that we keep our hearts free from offense. I mean, it's difficult to, to operate and to function in the kingdom when you're, when you're bearing ought against somebody when you're holding your, your heart in a plate of offense. And that can be offense towards man, and that can also be offense towards God. Um, that's uh, Paul said, I exercise myself to be void, to have no offense towards God and towards man. And uh, we looked at that heavily last week. And, uh, you know, we, it's easy to get offended in the world that we live in today. We have to guard our hearts against it. And then we also want to guard our hearts against being offended towards God because things don't happen the way that we thought that they were going to happen. And they didn't happen in the timing that we thought that they were going to happen. And we looked at different people in scriptures who had been through that. And so part of that restoration process, laying down any type of offense towards people, laying down any, uh, any type of offense towards God. I mean, know that we don't war against flesh and blood. Amen? People are not your enemy. And, um, and so we, we took a look at that. And then a part of releasing that offense, there's a restoration of hope and there's a restoration of vision. Uh, how many know that, that God knows the plans that he has towards you to give you a future and a hope? God has good plans for your life, right? He has good plans for your 2022. You don't have to look to the news to determine what uh, the plans for your 2022 is going to be. You don't have to look uh, to what the world is saying. Uh, your trajectory is not based upon what the world is doing. Your trajectory is based on the Lord. And so understanding that, understanding that he loves you and he has good, good thoughts towards you, how many know that allows hope to arise in your heart, right? That allows vision to arise in your heart. Hope produces vision, and uh, what, what hope is, is, is it, um, it allows you to dream and have a picture in your heart of a better uh, tomorrow. You know, how many know that, that we, we have to really kind of guard the voices that we're listening to, because if we listen to negative voices all the time, how many know it's going to destroy your hope, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to bring you into a state of hopelessness, and, um, you know, it kind of reminds me of that time when they were laying a siege against the city and there were all these armies that were surrounding the city. And so uh, during that period of time, siege was something that they would do. And they would try to starve out um, their enemies. And so this army was laying siege against the city. And so the people inside were starving. 
Uh, they had nothing, and, you know, I think they were, like, selling um, bird poop for food. <laughs> you never know what you're going to find in Scripture, right? I mean, it's legit. That's what they were doing. And, um, and so uh, the city was in a really, really bad place, but then the prophet came and said, hey, this time tomorrow, everything's going to be back to normal. And, um, and, but, but there were people that believed it, and there were people that didn't believe it. Well, the people that didn't believe it, they mocked him, and he said, you'll see it, but you'll not taste of it. And, and so, how I many know the mockers always try to destroy hope? You know, any, any, any sense of mockery and slander and, you know, kind of making fun and mocking people, how I many know that's not the kingdom? How I many know that's tried to creep into Christianity in the times that we're living in? Because there's such a level of delusion that's going on in the world, it can be easy to kind of get caught up in that. But how I many know that, that's not God's heart? God's heart is not to mock and to anyone, Right? I mean, God's heart is, he loves people, right? And his heart towards them is good. But then that day, the next day, um, there were some lepers who had some hope and some vision and said, hey, why do we sit here till we die? And they stepped out and started walking and they had vision for a better tomorrow. So these four people who were living in a state of being doomed and looking like their lives were over, they made a decision to walk forward. How many know God just needs a little bit of our help to to do mighty things? And God amplified the sound of the leper's footsteps so that it scared away the armies and they thought that other armies were coming. And so they left and they ran and everything returned back to normal. But how many know the mockers didn't get a chance to taste it? How many know the mockers actually died in that account, right? And so um, how many know it's really important to the voices you're listening to? We don't want to fill our hearts with negativity. We don't want to have an expectation of evil. I don't know about you guys, but I'm wading through fear like it's water. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm just wading through it. Like I, this ain't slowing me down. I'm not gonna. I'm not going to allow fear uh, to determine my life. Can I get an amen from anybody? Amen. You know what I'm saying? I'm just not going to let fear. I'm, fear's not going to ruin my life. Uh, we're going to make decisions according to love and wisdom, and ultimately what God's leading is. Right? As long as we have peace about it, we're going to do it. You know what I'm saying? If we don't have peace about it, then we're not going to do it. But I'm not going to allow this world to tell me what I can and cannot do and cause me to live in a state of fear. Don't live in fear. Guard your hearts from out of a place of fear. You have nothing to be afraid of. God is with you and God is for you. Amen? You have to take a stand against fear. If you don't take a stand against fear, then, then how many of you know fear can eat you away from the inside out? Fear, fear, can, fear can rob you of quality of life. And here's the, here's the challenging thing about fear. Fear has the ability to rob you of the quality of life, and what you're afraid of never happens. How many times has it been like that for you guys? Think about how many hours we have spent being afraid of something that never came to pass. I've suffered so much in my life, especially from fears that never came. Well said. Well said. Yeah, that's true. Please, go ahead. Yeah. Never ever. 80% of the things you actually fear never it, 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 It's It's very valid. But yet, fear in and of itself, how many know it carries its own torture? And it carries its own um, doom just all by itself. But but most of the time, what you're afraid of doesn't happen, right? So so my thought process is, is then why not take fear and push it out of your heart and out of your life and don't live under the canopy of fear. How do you do that, Jeremiah? 
Well, you have to address it. First, you have to build a safe place in your heart of peace, and, and that peace comes from the fact that you know that you're right with God, right? If you've received Jesus as Lord and Savior, you're right with God. You're not trying to be right with God. You know, you're not, you're, your rightness with God is, is not based on you at all. Your rightness with God is based upon the fact that Jesus did a good job on the cross. Y'all think Jesus did a good job? He did a good job. And so what that means is your sin's been taken care of, and, and as, as someone who's received Jesus as Lord and Savior, you are now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You're one with Christ. God loves you. God is for you. God is with you. God is on your team. God is on your side. He's not leaving you. He's not a fair-weather friend. He's not going to reject you. He's not going to cast you aside. How many know you are now a part of him? Can I get an amen? See, just as sure as my, my right arm is a part of me, you are a part of the Lord. You're locked in. You, you, you're not a separate being any longer. You've become one with Christ. Um, you're, you're, you're a new creation. Uh, you, you're now the righteousness of God. You are, you are the body of Christ. Can I get an amen? Just to, in fact, more solid than my right arm is. See, I, I, can, I have the ability to cut my arm off. No one has the ability to cut you out of Christ. There, no one's strong enough. No one's mighty enough. Because when, 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 Jesus, when Jesus accomplishes victory on the cross, he conquered sin, he conquered hell, he conquered death, he conquered the grave, he conquered everything. And then he, he was lifted up high above every name that can be named. I mean, you know, Jesus is given authority over all the universe, right? Now, he, he, he considers himself subservient to his father, and you see that because the Bible says that he lays the kingdom down at his father's feet. I mean, his father's the one that led him through the place of victory. But he has a name that's above every name. And so what that means is, is the name that's above every name, the highest court in the land, the highest authority in the land, has put the gavel down in your favor and said that you are right with God. Amen. And you're not right with God just as a result of some type of verdict in a ruling. You're right with God as, as the source of being a new person, a new creation in Christ Jesus. I mean, you know, the person you used to be was crucified on the cross. Hallelujah. That person's dead. I don't care if you still act like that person, look like that person, all the things that you... How many of you can slip up and go back to old behavior? But it don't change who you are in Christ. And so you've been crucified with Christ, and now that you're in Christ, you're a new creation. You are now right with God. You know what that means? It means you have peace. How many know if the strongest and mightiest being in all of the universe is on your team and on your side, you're going to be just fine? Can I get an amen? You know, um, in, in our family dynamic, uh, just not just our immediate family, but our um, extended family, there's a lot of cousins, and uh, in, in, our, in our house, we're kind of like the bookend. We have the oldest kid, and we have the youngest kid. <laughs> we, we, yeah, grandkids. And so, like, there's all these cousins and stuff that are in there. Well, if you haven't noticed, Eli's a little guy, right? He's a little guy, and he's got a big heart, but he's a little guy. So he's the smallest cousin that's in the mix, right? And so, um, other than Lily, right? And so when they're all playing, I mean, you know, some of them can maybe be a little bit rough on the littler guys, right? Yeah. And so, you know, that's just a part of life. That's a part of it. No type of bullying or anything like that. But when you're a little guy and you're around all the bigger guys, sometimes it can be a little rough. But... If Ethan's there, Eli's safe. 
because no one in the room is bigger than Ethan. He is the biggest cousin, head, shoulders, knees, toes. He's, he's as big as I am. Now he's like 6'2". And so when Ethan's in the room, Eli has nothing to be concerned about. How many of his heart could be filled with peace? Because the biggest, strongest person in the room is on his team by blood. The biggest, strongest person in all of creation, Almighty Father God, is on your team. So you don't have to be afraid as you navigate this crazy world that we're living in. Can you get an amen? See, this is what the gospel brings to your heart is it brings a sense of peace because you know that God is for you. Now, the enemy is always going to try to say that God is for you based upon how well you behave. That's what he does, and they, but that, that's legalism, and um, that is his, because when you introduce legalism, you void all concepts of faith. I mean, you know, if God's going to be f- there for those of us who were good this week and did everything right in thought and in action, how I many you know God will not be for any of us this week? <laughs> I'm talking about in thought and action. You may not have made a mistake outwardly, but I guarantee you made one inwardly. The Bible says whatsoever is not of faith is sin, right? So, so my point being is if, if God's faithfulness to you is based upon you, then you are not going to have peace. You're going to be a very driven, religious individual trying really hard to get enough stamps to get God's approval so you can have peace. But here's the thing. You will never get enough stamps because there will always be someone who has more stamps than you. Right? And so what we got to do is we can't allow the enemy to draw us back into a legalistic relationship with the Lord because your heart will not be filled with peace. Y'all tracking me here? We've got to get our eyes back on Jesus. We've got to get our eyes back on the Lord. We've got to recognize that the cross is a success, that we're a new creation in Christ, that God is for us because He loves us and because He saved us and because we are now His. Can I get an amen? Without an understanding of that in your heart, your your, your peace is going to fluctuate up and down according to the news. Your peace is going to fluctuate up and down according to the media. Your, your peace is going to fluctuate up and down according to what people think about you or how, how, much, how much weight you lost or, 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 or whatever. Just all these million different things that we can weigh out. How much money you have in your bank account or whatever. And how I many know that we can't, in the day and times that we're living in, everything that can be shaken will be shaken, and we cannot put our trust on man-made things. We've got to have our trust on something that's not man-made. You know, when in, in, in the book of... Um, Daniel, when he saw that prophetic, he saw the entire prophetic um, scale from start to finish on all the different kingdoms that were going to arise. There was this kingdom and this kingdom and this kingdom. But then finally there came a rock that came from a mountain that was made without hands. And it came and it hit the base of all of those other kingdoms. And how many know all those other kingdoms crumbled and fell and that rock became a mountain that filled the whole earth and it was eternal. Hamiel, that is the kingdom that you are a part of. You're a part of an eternal kingdom that's not made with man's hands. 
It's not according to man. It's not after man. It's not man's effort. How I many you know God has come to seek and to save that which is lost? God has come on a rescue mission, a salvation mission. How I many you know God does it all? And he gets all the credit for it, amen? And so as your attention starts to get off of you and starts to get back on your Savior, your heart begins to get filled with peace because if God is for you, then whatever this world can throw at you, you can handle. If God is for you, right? And we know that God is for you because you're in Christ. Can you get an amen? Do you notice how everything I've just shared with you, we all know, but the Bible says that Bible says awake to righteousness and sin not. There, there, there is the ability to fall asleep to who you are. There's the ability to fall asleep to the fact that you're right with God. There's the ability to fall asleep to the fact uh, that, that you're one with Christ. There's the ability to forget who you are, right? We call it amnesia. Uh, spiritual amnesia can happen pretty quick. Because if you are feeding, you know, I mean, you, you spend some time in the world feeding on the world stuff. I'm not saying that stuff's evil. You know, I'm not saying movies are evil or sports are evil or any of these things. But how many know if you're constantly feeding on the world stuff and then the enemy can get you focused on yourself and maybe mistakes you've made, things you should have done that you didn't do or things that you did do that you shouldn't do or whatever, just start to get your attention, your focus off of that. How many you know, just like the prodigal son forgot that he had an inheritance, how many know we have the ability to forget that everything that comes from God is for free through Jesus Christ? And then we end up with this works mentality where we're trying to earn things from God. And how many know if you try to earn something from God, you're not going to get anything? Like nothing. You know, that's something I want to teach you on eventually. You've got to stay out of the debt lane. See, the cross is it's free. But when we step outside of the, of, the, of the lane of the cross and we start to try to cut a side covenant with God, with our, our obedience, we try to make God owe us with what we've done and our behavior, we're frustrating grace. And, you, and, and, you, and there, there's no grace there and there's no faith there. There's just legalism in you without the cross. I mean, no, I don't want what Jeremiah Johnson gets without the cross. Because... <laughs> Praise God, ain't much, ain't much there, man. That's why I wasn't born under the Old Testament. I was jokingly say it's a short book. Jeremiah was born, Jeremiah was smoked. <laughs> Got smoked the third day. <laughs> I, I mean, under legalism, I went last. God said, this brother needs to be in the New Testament. Amen. But, but, but all of these things that I'm saying, how I many you know it's almost like a cloud getting removed from your face? It's like a, a, a dark, heavy blanket just taken off of your eyes just reminding us who we are in Christ, amen? And bringing us back into that place of peace. You, we need that place of peace because we're not going to be able to live fearless unless we, we have that place of peace with God. Y'all tracking me here, amen? Because there's so many things out here in this world that would try to make us afraid and try to bring in fear and try to bring in doom and gloom and all that stuff. We, in the, we, how many know we need to know that God is for us, right? We need to know that, and we need to protect that, and we need to keep that, and we need to, to tweak it on, on the regular in our understanding. How many of us, what's happening right now? How many know everybody in this room, myself included, you have more peace now than when we first walked in here? Because what happened was is the gospel 
is depositing peace in your heart, reminding you who, that you, who you are. Amen? Because when you know that God is for you, you're going to have peace. And so that peace is, 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 is key. But then the next thing we have to recognize is we need to know when fear comes and not tolerate it. Y'all, y'all tracking me here. See, 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 because what can happen is people can live in fear so much that it becomes common to them and they don't know any other way to live. And that is not what God has for you. How many of y'all, that'll tear you down physically, emotionally. And, and there has to be like the gospel will recover this safe place of peace on the inside of you and start to allow, allow you to maintain peace. And then, how many of you know, you can, if your house is warm, you can spot a cold draft. You can spot it if your house is warm. And so as we begin to get established in the gospel and the righteousness of God, now here's the thing, never think that you know this to the point where you're never going to have to hear it again. I mean, just please don't do that. Like, like, because I've done it a million times. Because you think, oh, I know this. I need to go into something deeper. I need to go into... Folks, there's nothing deeper than Jesus Christ. Okay? And, and so you're going to be hearing the message of the gospel as long as you're on earth. And each time you hear it in its purity, it's going to fill your heart with peace and faith is going to arise in you because you know that God is for you. Okay, get an amen. That's why he's the author and finisher of our faith. Amen? When you hear a message that's filled with Jesus, it'll fill your heart with believing because you're looking at him and not yourself. Legalism doesn't show you Jesus, it shows you you. And how you don't measure up and you're not good enough and you need to try harder. Okay? And so never think that you, you don't have to hear this again. Amen? How many know that the memory of pizza can't feed you? Can I get an amen? You got to eat that pizza, bless God. <laughs> you got to eat the bread. You got to eat whatever you got to eat. Amen. Well, Jesus Christ is the same way. You got to feed on him on the regular. Amen. You got to feed on the Lord. And, uh, and it'll bring, bring your heart back into a place of peace. But then when your heart is in a place of peace, you, you just like in a warm home, you know when there's a cold draft of air. Like, for example, we were, when we were trying to put the uh, lights on our home, and um, I, the way I had to put the lights on the top part of our home was I had to feed it through uh, Eli's window. And my wife did not like that at all. And, um, <laughs> amen, she did. She went real crazy about that. But I didn't know what else to do. And, um, uh, and so that's what I did. And so, but it created a draft. And, and, and it created that draft in the home, and it allowed some cold air to enter into the home. But because of the fact that the home is warm, we can see it. So I'm saying all this to say this. Establish your heart in a place of peace. Like you're, That's going to happen to you this morning. But when you leave, notice when the fear tries to come in. And shut the door. Shut the door on the fear when it comes in. Oh, there's a new variant. You know what I'm saying? Blah, 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 whatever. If you start entertaining that and it's bringing... Now listen, I'm not telling you to act like an idiot. Don't go out there licking doorknobs. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? I'm, uh, I'm licking doorknobs by faith, Jeremiah. No, you're, you, know, you need to sit down and take that Grace Point t-shirt off. <laughs> no, no, no. But we used to be the lick doorknobs type of people because we have great faith. We never actually licked the doorknob, but you understand what I'm saying. We did dumb stuff in the name of faith. No, 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 no. No, operate in wisdom. Don't be an idiot, but also don't live in fear. How many know there's a balance? I just feel like so many times we, we don't have that balance. We got the, the hardcore faith people licking doorknobs, and then you got the and then you got the hardcore wisdom people living in fear. 
And there's like this place of balance where, listen, fear should never be the driving force behind your decisions. If the driving force behind your decision is fear, I don't care if it's a smart decision, the outcome's probably not going to be good. Because how many know the more you give place to fear, you give place to fear more? How many know fear doesn't play fair? It doesn't say, okay, I'll, I'll take this part of the bed. I'll take this half of the bed. I mean, you give fear half of your bed, it's going to take all your bed, and you're going to be sleeping on the floor. Just like children, praise God. <laughs> children in the bed. <laughs> Just kidding, sorry. Um, but, and so if, if, you'll, if you'll notice that fear is a dominating force, how I many know you need to change what's in your heart? You may not change your action, but you're going to change your why, or you're going to change what's in your heart. Can I get an amen? Like, you know, I've got some, you know, some ministry trips, you know, lined up this year and stuff like that. And, um, yeah, I'm going to get on the plane, and I'm going to wear the mask. I'm going to honor what they are asking me to do. But I'm not going to get on the plane afraid. And if fear tries to come in, i got to fix it in here. You understand what I'm saying? If I feel that cold draft of fear coming in, i got to shut that door, man. Why? I can't have that. I mean, you know, the kingdom operates in faith and love, right? I mean, you've not been given a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind, right? And so if fear becomes the fuel in my vehicle, how many you know that I'm not, if I'm living in a state of fear, it's going to be more difficult for me to hear God. If I'm, if I'm driven by a state of fear, it's going to, it's going to really, it's going to impact my decisions and my ability to perceive. You ever notice a person who's really, really afraid has a hard time perceiving reality? You ever see someone who's just extremely, like frantically afraid? I mean, they can't really tell what's going on. Why? Because fear has, has crowded their thoughts and crowded their mind. And so now they're in a place where they can't see clearly. Y'all tracking me here? See, our real enemy is not what's coming on the earth. Our real enemy is the fear that's trying to come on the inside of us and make it a decision not to tolerate it and to put it out and to shut the door and to, and, and, and to hear the gospel. See, the enemy loves to get us distracted, entertained, and filled with the things of this world to the point that when, we, when, when we're in a situation where we need God to show up, we've spent so much time in the, in the spirit of this world and the lull and, the, and, and all of these things that it can be difficult for us to remember who we are and who God is in those crunch moments and those times because the enemy spent so much time filling us with junk. Y'all tracking me here? We, we, we live in a day and age where we, we can be filled with junk. Like, all the time. And I'm, I'm not against, you know, all these things, entertainment and, and all these types of things. But how I many know oh, those things aren't going to feed you? Those things aren't going to fill your heart with peace. They may distract you. They may entertain you. But they're not going to fill your heart with the reality of who you are. Amen? And, and you're, the real fight that we're fighting is not so much the, the things that are taking place in the earth, but it's, but it's keeping fear out of your heart. How I many know oh, if I keep fear out of my heart... It's going to impact my family. 
if I don't keep fear out of my heart, how many know it's going to impact my family? How many know what, what you're carrying in your heart impacts those around you? Amen? And, and not only, you know, in a, in a family sense, how many know in a body of Christ sense? How many know that, that, that we, 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 we've got to make a decision to shut the door on some drafts that are coming into the, the loving warmth that's in our heart by the love of God? Amen? And, 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 and let fear be the enemy. Don't let politicians be the enemy. Don't let individuals be the enemy. Don't let ideologies, you know, and all these things. Just let fear be the enemy. Fear is what's fueling it all. And so if we'll wake up and unplug from the fear factory, we'll, we'll walk differently and we'll be the light that needs to shine to a dying world that needs help in the day and age that we're living in. But if we are just as plugged into the fear factory as everybody else, how I many know, even though God is with us and for us and we're the righteousness of God, how I many know, many times our life cannot, can look not that much different than people of the world's? And how I many know that God has, has better for us than that? Please, go ahead. Truth, truth spoken in the motivation of fear is accusation. Yeah, sure, sure. Truth, truth spoken motivated by fear is accusation because it's, it's not based in peace. Sure. Fear... You can't do it when you're motivated by fear. You're not operating in love. Yeah, it's good. And this, to the degree that you know God loves you, mm-hmm. to the degree that is bedrocked in your heart and soul, is to the degree you will walk free of fear. Yeah, it's good, man. Because perfect love casts out all fear. It's good. And it's it's not an issue of don't be afraid. That's still legalism. The issue is how loved am I? Sure. That's, that's, that's how you get free of fear. It's don't do, that's legalism. Trying harder to not be afraid is not what sets you free from being afraid. It's good, it's good. It's knowing that your Father mm-hmm. in heaven yeah. loves you in a way that cannot be measured. He loves you so much that he will not abandon you. He will not forsaken you. He will walk through, with you through every challenge that occurs. That is the truth. Yeah. Get a hold of that, you'll get free of fear. Good. But just just trying not to be afraid because a lot of people are like I have a hard time not be, because people I've done it too we've all done it sure we try not to be afraid sure and that's even in that is in our own strength so good the love of God is the most powerful thing in the universe the love yeah. of God can destroy any bondage any fear anything yeah and it's by understanding how much He loves you excellent how deep look. How deeply he loves you. It's good. That you are the apple of his eye, that you are his most prized possession, so much so that he gave his son's blood for you. It's good. That is your value to him. That is how much he loves you. You get a hold of that, you focus on that. When the fear comes, don't focus, don't, 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 I've done this. Mm-hmm. I just need to be braver. No, mm-hmm. I need to understand how loved I am. When I understand how loved I am, brave and courage is an automatic fruit of the love of God. That's excellent. That's what, the, that's what has caused men and women to lay down their lives was for love's sake, for love of country, for love of people. Mm-hmm. That's what gave them the, the, the martyrs who get laid down their lives. It was for love's sake. It's good. Jesus laid down his life. He did the most courageous, bravest thing ever, ever took up on the entire 
sin of the entire existence of humanity for love's sake. It's good. It's good. And man. he conquered fear by love. It's excellent. Thank you for sharing that. Hold on, I need to add on to that real quick because just hold on to that for a second. Um, because, okay, you detect, all right, you, you build a safe place, right? In your heart. What's up? Okay. You build a safe place in your heart, right? And but then then you you have an awareness of when the fear tries to come in. Right? What, what, the reason I'm saying that is because you don't want to live in a state of constantly being afraid and not knowing there's a difference. Okay? That's when I, and so you detect when it comes. Now you address it when it comes. Now, I love what you're bringing out here because you're keeping us out of legalism by bringing out this point. Because it's so easy to, to slip back into legalism. You don't try really hard not to be afraid. This is so good. Thank you for sharing this. Here's the thing. When the lights are out and you're in the dark... Do you try really hard to not be in the dark in order to not be in the dark? I mean, you don't fight the dark. And you don't try really hard. I mean, all you got to do is let the light in and the dark leaves. And that's exactly what he's talking about. When that fear is trying to come, it's time to practice the love of God. And it's time to turn the lights on and let the light come in and drive out all fear. How do you do that? You look at Jesus. You look at what Jesus has done for you. You look at the fact that you're forgiven and that you're right with God. You look at the fact that God loves you and he gave his son for you and that you're in his family. Can I get an amen? As you start to bring in that light, it chases the fear out. Are y'all tracking me here? And then the, the, the more we kind of get diligent in guarding our hearts, then, then you start to notice the slightest cold breeze and you start to address it with receiving the love of God. Y'all tracking me here? I mean, it, it will, I mean, it takes a little effort to keep the snowflakes off your windshield, right? You have to do a little something, right? Well, in order to, to keep ourselves in that place of the love of God, like Brian is sharing here, we got we to gotta practice and receive that love to drive the fear out, amen? I mean, everyone in here, you're, you, ha, you have a more of a sense of God's love for you right now because of what we have said, right? Because of the words that we've spoken, because of the fact that the Lord is here, and so when the fear comes, don't use your willpower and try to fight your way out. Just turn on the light. Let the love flow. Y'all tracking me here? Practice the love of God. One second. That was really good. Thank you for sharing that. Go ahead, Connie. Uh, just an example of, of this, which is what's all exciting. Yeah. You know, I have four children. My first childbirth experience was not a good experience. Yeah. And so I have to sit down and I have to pray and talk to the Lord. And at that point, I had just come back to the Lord. So I didn't have, I didn't have near as much as what you're feeding us today. Sure. One. But he, he met me where I was. Yeah. He spoke a word that gave me peace that I, he was going to get me through that experience. It's good.
Good. Oh, absolutely. Yes. That's excellent. And I love what she shared about confront. Casey's right there. What she said about confronting the fear. How many know that? That because how many know if you don't confront it and tell it it's not allowed to be here. It'll try to lord over your life. Like you have to, you have to dismiss it. You have to take. How I many know that, that 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 David had to confront Goliath? He had to confront him. How I many know if he didn't confront? I mean, the Bible says that Goliath ran his mouth for forty days and forty nights. I mean, and that's what he did. All he did was run him. I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna hurt you. I'm gonna mess you up. I mean, and how many know it? Sometimes we we have in our lives we have a fear that we've not confronted, and it's in the background of our mind running its mouth the whole time. And how many know it can be difficult to listen to more than one person at a time? And sometimes you know I love what you said about confronting it. You got to turn forward and take a look at that sucker, and look at look at it and be like, you don't belong here. You need to get up out of here. Make that decision. And then, like Brian was sharing, receive the love of God. How I many you know that's what made David mighty in battle? His name means beloved. That's what his name means. David, his dad didn't love him. His mama didn't love him. You look at David's background, his brothers didn't love him. But you know who loved him? God did. And that's all he needed. Can I get an amen? Because he was the beloved of the Lord and he knew it and he practiced that. He had the courage to take a stand. And so I love that. How many know there are some fears that we need to confront? You ever, you ever be running on your phone and have like 20 windows open in your phone? And you'd be like, why is my phone so slow? What's going on? Daggone AT&T, daggone Apple. No, it's me. I got 20 daggone windows running on my phone at the same time. How many know if you've got 20 conversations of fear happening in your mind? about scenarios that are, this is going to happen, and what if this happens, and what if that happens? you got to shut those windows out, man. Kill that conversation. Confront that fear. Say, no, 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 no. Live simply. Here's the simple truth. God loves you, and he saves you because he loves you. Can I get an amen? The enemy hides in what ifs. Oh, yeah. Lord spoke that to me a long time ago. enemy hides in what if this, what if that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and the Lord deals with certainty. He doesn't deal with maybe. Yeah. And you know, there's something about like Here you go. becoming becoming familiar with the love of God. Mm-hmm. Because it is a non ending, overwhelming source of mm-hmm. ecstasy. Yeah, so good. You can come to him. There's nothing that separates there's not a second that you don't turn to him that his love will not show up. Mm-hmm. That's the truth. Mm-hmm. And every time my heart, I feel something not right in my heart, my spirit, mm-hmm. I just go to him and, and I just say to him, I need to feel your love. Mm-hmm. Instantly he answers that. Mm-hmm. Because that breaks, that breaks the, 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 
the blindness, the, mm-hmm. the veiledness, you know. Mm-hmm. And if we will come to him every day, and this is not a, a – if we can allow our hearts to be sustained by that love mm-hmm. every day, it's like when you get used to a certain flavor of something mm-hmm. and no other flavor is going to do but that flavor. Mm-hmm. It's, that's what it's like with the love of God. Good. When you taste and see that the Lord is good mm-hmm. – and you get re and you just keep supping on him. And Jesus said, I'm the bread of life. That's right. Come on. And if you eat of me, you'll never go hungry. That's good. As we come to him and 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 get into his presence and spend time with him. Mm-hmm. Just spend time with him. Make it a priority every day. The more and more you will walk in victory in your life. The more and more fear will have less of a hold on you. That's good. Fear is the absolute root to everything that's going on in the world right now. It's the fear to offense. It's the fear to the division. It's the yeah. fear to, to the corruption. Everything is because the fear of something, mm-hmm. fear of death, fear of lack, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, as you're talking, I see the Lord, the Lord raising the people up that are so empowered by peace. Mm-hmm. They're walking in a wisdom that's not of this world. Mm-hmm. They're not shaken what's happening they're not shaking by threats of this or threats of that all they're focused on is love for god and love for one another because his love is fueling in us and is and and that is what's going to happen to the church more and more is there's going to be a steadfastness of his love come upon the church to where we don't walk in a in a wisdom that's of this or one direction or the other there's the balance that's coming where we are stable, it's good. where we're not shaken, it's good. Where and, and the world is going to see that, and it's going to see that everything that they're trying to find in their rules and their mandates and their laws and their regulations and their ideologies and everything that's gone back and forth, they're going to see it in a people that truly love one another, that truly love them in spite of what they may believe. That's that's the, that's what the love of God. The love of God can see you let you see past their ideology, past their whatever, and see to the heart of what God really wants for them, what God's really designed them for. That's good. Past all the offense, and that's that's where we're heading. That's that's what that's what Papa wants to do in us is get us to that place and sustain us there. It's good. It's good, man. Thank you for sharing. Um, I mean, you know, a, a loved individual. Um, has a sense of stability, you know, um, and and the, you know in the day and time that we're living, there's really not anything that's stable right now except the Lord, you know, and um, and so I, I just I think my encouragement is to really take a stand against fear, and shut those voices out, because <laughs> most of the things that you're afraid of, like it's not ever happened. <laughs> Y'all try, can we have a moment where we just kind of wake up and be like, you know what? And then you think about all that time and energy that we spent worried. Where, and, and I mean, how many, how, many, how many days has worry robbed someone of life? How many days? How many days it, it could have been a good day? How I many you know it doesn't matter how sunny it is and how beautiful it is or what's going on in your life? How I many you know if worry is eating you up on the inside, you're not happy? I don't, I don't care. And so, and that, and that really is that place. And then, and how I many know there are certain situations and circumstances we don't know what to do with? 
And you have to give it to the Lord because you can't take it. You can't handle it. You've got to give it to the Lord. And when it tries to come back on you, give it back to the Lord. Because there are some things that are they're just too big for us, right? And the Lord's got to handle it. And I mean, the Lord can't handle it. He wants to handle it. But we always want to take it. We try to take it back from it, you know? And, and you know when you're not in faith when the rest is no longer there. Amen? That's, that's an indicator. Like when, how many of you know fear does not produce rest? It produces anxiousness, right? And so, how many of you know God wants to fill our hearts with, the, with, that, with that rest? And when we take that thing on ourselves with, oh, wait a minute, what am I doing here? I got to give that back to the Lord. Amen? Cheryl, would you, did you have something that you wanted to share? Let, let Casey get you the mic real quick. And I know it may not seem like important to you guys, but people that watch online, they like to hear what you have to say. Yeah, and it's good. It's really, it's good. It, it, it helps teach. Yeah, please go ahead. No, I was just thinking about when you were talking about like contrast, and I, think, I feel like that's why the Bible talks about worship, because worship makes me aware of his presence. Come on, it's good. So it's like when you have his presence, fear goes away. When you're in his presence, and mm-hmm. that's what in his, you know, that's such a vague term, in his presence. Mm-hmm. But but when I worship God and I start to thank God and I realize who he is and what he's done, it all goes. Fear goes. Come on. They can't both be in you at the same time. That's right. That's so right. You can That's always good. you can always have that. That's so, so good. Cause what because what worship does is it actually it magnifies the Lord. Like when we're doing it correctly, you know what I'm saying? When we are we are legitimately focused on the Lord, he becomes big and he becomes mighty and he becomes awesome and then all of our problems just kind of melt to the wayside. Amen. And that's why we need that regular tuning in to his greatness and his majesty. It helps keep us clean from all those fears. Please. It's we good. were taught to focus on our faith, not on the love of God. Yeah. And and when it when it's talking about our faith, you know, our faith is in that he loves us. That's right. And it, not to get to sure. get the car, to get the house, sure. to get the healing, to get the, it's our faith should be in his love yes. because in his love, all that. That's right. We, you know, but we, and I say we, me sure. and you, we Many were taught people. to focus on yeah. that, those, to get those things instead of I already have it. I have it because he loves me Yes. or I don't have it because he loves that's me. That's exactly right. Yes. You know, that, yeah. and to me like like right now we're dealing with the situation we there's not a it, it's all up to him come on it is every bit up to him yeah i mean physically we we can do nothing except trust him that's good just lord he's yours you mm-hmm. love him you'll mm-hmm. take care of him mm-hmm. and and if i let that right now that would just i don't know the situation that we're in yeah it would overtake me, yeah. and I can't. I, I just said, Lord, you you love him Come on. just like you loved me, Come on. just like you love all of us, and you can take care of him. That's good. And I have to say that probably right now, Jeremiah, a hundred times a day. And that's okay. But I'm going to keep saying it, Yes. and I'm going to keep saying it because God is faithful. Come on. And you mentioned David. When David was going out there to fight Goliath, he didn't say, I have great faith. He said, Mm-mm. my God is with me. Come on, yes. That's what he said. Yes, my he God did. is with me. Yes. And, that, and, and in the end, that's what our faith is in. Mm-hmm. It's in God. Mm-hmm. Not in getting, it's mm-hmm. in him and his mm-hmm. love that he's already gave to us. So good. 
and remind ourselves of that. Mm-hmm. Remind, remind yourself. He mm-hmm. loves me. He mm-hmm. loves me. And in that love is everything. Mm-hmm. It's everything it in it. It is. You're so right. You know, and if I and if I just remind myself, he loves me. He's mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. And if he is for me, who can be against who me? Who can be against you? Nobody. No. Yes. No. So good. You know, because the, the other thought process is you end up, it removes the concept of relationship. And uh, it, it makes it um, almost like this uh, spiritual equation. And if you cross your T's and dot your I's, and you'll get what you want. And that's really not the kingdom. The kingdom's a relationship. So good. Thank you for sharing that. Um, let's turn to Job 42, and we're just going to quickly. I, I feel like what needed to happen right then happened, and then we need to move forward. And so we're going to run through these scriptures real quick, and we're going to close out. Um, but God wanted to address fear. I know that without a doubt. And... Um, you know, God knows what he's doing. So, I mean, you know, you can tell when there's a flow. Y'all tracking me here? You can tell when it's here. And that's the leading of the Spirit. That's letting God run the service, you know. But then, it, then you know, so anyway. Um, but, but talking about restoration, and, and, and let me just say this quickly. God wants to restore some people's hearts out of a place of fear. Because in the past couple of years, man, people have lived in so much fear it's like they almost forgot what it was like not living in fear. I mean, you know, just just about a year and a half ago when we were holed up in our homes wiping down our groceries. You, you, you know what I'm saying? I mean, like wigged out, you know, and 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 uh, that that can have an in, I think that can have an impact on somebody mentally more than what people realize. And it's time to reclaim your heart and 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 and, and evict the fear. Time for the fear to leave. Reclaim your heart. There's a restoration that's happening there. Amen? But um, when, and when God restores, how many know God wants to store the honor of His church in America? Yeah, that's right. The church has been dishonored. God's name has been dishonored. That's why we're in a situation that we're in. And they, they, they've tried to dishonor and remove the Lord uh, from, from, our, from our nation. And, um, uh, and that's a part of the reason why we're here. But God's going to restore honor to his house. It's going to happen. He's going to do it. Amen? Because um, there's a restoration that, that the Lord is doing. And um, if you... Give me one second here. Oh, Jeremiah 30 and verse 17. He says, For I will restore health to you and your wounds I will heal, declares the Lord, because you have called, because they have called you an outcast. It is Zion for whom no one cares. How I many of you know that is the world's attitude towards the church right now? They're really trying to move past Christianity. They're trying to just, you know, hey man, this thing, it, we used to do that, but we don't do that anymore. And that always makes me laugh because you, 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 you're not going to remove God's name from the earth. No matter how hard you try, you know what I'm saying? I mean, like, and that's why the Bible says that he that sits in the heavens laughs, amen? But a part of the restoration that's going to happen, I believe God's going to restore the honor to, to his house, to the church, amen? And um, in Job 42 and in verse 10, it says, And the Lord restored the fortunes of Job when he had prayed for his friends, and the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. So many times we focus on, on what Job went through, and I love how Grant Fraley brings this out, but we don't really focus on where he ended up. How many know God brought back double everything that he had? 
And if you look at it, the man was extremely blessed before all of these things happened. And it was only an eight-month period of time that all of these things happened, all of the horrible things happened. How many of the end is always greater than the beginning? And when God restores, He just doesn't restore back, He restores above. Y'all tracking me here? This is how, this is how the Lord operates. And I'm just going to read you a couple of passages here but for sake of time, but Isaiah 61 and verse 7, it says, Instead of your shame, they shall, there shall be a double portion. Instead of dishonor, they shall rejoice in their lot. Therefore, in the land, they shall possess a double portion. They shall have everlasting joy. How many you know when God brings restoration in your life and you see His healing hand, it brings joy to your heart? Amen? Because And He always brings you back far greater than what you were before it was stolen. Now, turn to uh, Genesis 26, please. And um, because there, there, there are going to be times in your life when it feels like you're losing. There's going to be times in your life when it looks like you're losing. There's going to be times in your life when you have setbacks, but it doesn't stay there. And God's going to restore. And He's not just going to restore to where it was. He's going to restore above and beyond where it was. He's going to give you double. Amen. And in Genesis 26, <clears throat> we see this interesting time. And let me just stop here for a moment and say, how many of y'all know that the blessing of Abraham is powerful? If I've taught you guys anything in this church, it's that the righteousness of God and the blessing of Abraham go hand in hand. And the blessing of Abraham is powerful. I mean, Jesus became a curse to redeem us from the curse so that the blessing of Abraham would come upon us, right? So we're going to see a time when it looks like the blessing of Abraham is losing. It's going to look like it's a setback, right? Genesis 26 and verse 15 it says, now the Philistines had stopped up all the wells which his father's servant had dug in the days of Abraham his father, and they filled them with earth. This is Isaac. And how many know a part of that blessing was everywhere they went, they found water? Well, the enemy came and he plugged up the holes. He plugged up the wells and they could not draw water out of the wells. Now, how many know that is a setback, Right? And, and Abimelech said to Isaac, Go away from us, for you are much mightier than we. Then Isaac departed from there and pitched his tent in the valley of Gerar and dwelt there. And Isaac dug again the wells of water that had dug in the days of Abraham his father. How many know, everybody say restoration. restoration. And see, that might be in your life physically. That might be in your life emotionally. That might be financially. How many know, that might even just be a heritage of faith that was in your family. The enemy wants to stop up those wells, but how I many know oh, God's not going to let those wells stay stopped up, and He's going to dig those wells, and there's going to be an overflowing fountain of blessing once again. And it says, For the Philistines had stopped them up after the death of Abraham, and He called them by a name which His father had called them. Now, what I want to show you is how I many know oh, the wells were restored, right? But how I many know oh, God doesn't just restore back to where it was? God's going to bring in better. Next verse, verse 19. And Isaac's servants dug in the valley and found a well of running water there. So not only were the wells restored that were dug in the valley, in the place of challenge, in the place of lowness, in the place of difficulty, they found, they, they found a well of running water there. So what I want to show you is, is, yeah, that's exactly right, which is more valuable than a well. It's living water. It's flowing water. It's coming out of the ground. And... What the enemy tries to stop, God's going to bring in restoration, and He's not just He's going to bring in restoration beyond that. How I many you know, some people's marriages have taken hits during this period of time? How I many you know some people's young people have taken hits during this period of time? 
Come on, just mental health. You know, how many of people, some people's finances have taken hits during this period of time, right? I mean, list goes on and on and on, but what I want to show you is God is a God of restoration, and it may, be, it may have looked like you were losing in 2020 and 2021, but God's going to bring restoration in your life this year, and he's not just going to leave you where you were. He's going to take you beyond where you were. Can I get an amen? So, so, the, the, so the, the gratitude and the thing, how many of you, it's not enough to just get back what was stolen. That's not how God works. You don't just get back what was stolen. You get added to so that the state that you have after your restoration is double what you had before. Y'all tracking me here? This is how the Lord does things, amen? Such good, such good news, man. And uh, I believe that with all of my heart uh, for this year that God's going to bring back into a place of restoration into our lives, amen? And, and the, the, the final thing that I just want to share here. Uh, is I want you, to, I want you to, to write down, you don't have to do it in this service, but when you get a chance, write down three things you were thankful for last year. Three primary things you were thankful for. That brings your heart into the proper healthy place of gratitude. And then I want you to write down three things that you want the Lord to restore and redeem this year. Amen? Might be a relationship, might be a person, might be a business. I don't know what it could be, but write down three things you were thankful for last year and write down three things that you would like to see the Lord restore this year. Y'all tracking me here? I think that it's important to... How I many you know you got to ask? you got to ask. I mean, you know, and, and we're not, we don't have time to turn there, but... It says in, in John 16, verse 23, In the day you will ask me nothing, most assuredly I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Until now you've asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive that your joy may be full. Ask, and you will receive that your joy may be full. Ask, and you shall receive that your joy may be full. See, this is an area that has been perverted, but the, and we're bringing a redemption to it. What do you want God to change for you this year? Ask him. It's important that you ask Him. It really is. Because, because when it comes, you'll know He did it, and your joy will be full. Y'all tracking me here? Why is it so important to ask? A, He wants to have dialogue with you, but B, so that when it comes, you know it's Him. And your joy may be full. See, thank God for the joy of His presence. Thank God for... Uh, the joy of our salvation. Thank God for the joy that we draw from the Spirit. But how many know there's a joy when things change because God did it? <laughs> there's a joy to answered prayer that's unlike other things, right? And see, and a lot of times what can happen is because you've waited so long for something to change or you waited so long for something to happen, you can lose the desire to ask because you, you've experienced some pain because there's some things you asked for that didn't happen. Right? Can we be honest? It's a part of being on earth, man. You know? There's nobody on this planet who's gotten every, everything that they wanted from God in the timetable that they wanted. There ain't nobody on this planet. There's nobody in the book because it don't work like that. How many of y'all... Your trust is not tried until what you think is going to happen don't happen. That's when your trust gets tried. 
That's when your faith gets tried. Amen? That's not the exciting part. That's not the fun part, but that's the part of being on earth. All right? But I say all that to say this. Ask God. Ask Him. Three things. Can I get an amen? It's key, man. Years ago, years and years ago, I uh, was at a conference in Houston, Texas, and the Lord would not leave me alone about writing down a list of things that I wanted from him. And back in the day, and you know, Felicia's talking about this a little bit, some of that stuff really got abused, and people were just acting like God was some kind of, you know, some kind of machine where you just pulled the lever right and you got what you wanted. And I don't agree with that at all. But but there is a place where God wants you to ask him. And so I took out, so I finally got up and did it. And I wrote down a list. <laughs> I've carried this in my wallet for over 10 years. This is my list that I asked God for. So it's on some uh, paper from the hotel, right? And I can look at this list and I can say one of those things is a daughter. Amen. Most of those things have been fulfilled or are being fulfilled. And then there are some things that haven't been fulfilled yet. But here's the thing. When I die, all of this will be fulfilled. All of it. Why? And here's the thing. It's easy for him to do this. So easy. Like he could do a thousand times bigger than the things that I've asked him. And he would still do it. How many know he will do exceedingly above all you can ask or think? But, but a lot of times what happens is, is we don't ask. Because A, we don't think we're worthy. Or B, we don't think he cares. Here's the thing. He cares. Amen? How many know if you care about it, he cares about it? But... We've got, we've got to ask. So I just encourage you, in the week ahead, write down three things that you were thankful for, and then write three things that you'd like God to see God restore. And let's compare our notes again at the end of the year. Amen? All right, cool. Amen. Yeah. Watch God move, man. Watch God move. How I many you know, it's a pleasure to Him to, to, to move on our behalf and for us to be awed by Him and wowed by Him. Okay, again, Amen. He loves it. He's like, oh, is, it, is, is that all you want? Because I can do more. How many know he can? Now, now what I, what I want to encourage you is, is um, don't put him on a timetable. Be patient. But, but, but he's going to bring to pass the things that he promised you that he was going to do. Can I get an amen? And, the, and, the, and there's, there's an element of making your joy full in asking and receiving from the Lord. You know, and, and if you spend any time in legal in legalistic faith, then you you lived pretty disappointed because you didn't hardly receive much of anything, and and the, the because you were you were trying to do it in your own works and your own faith works, and that frustrates grace and it doesn't work like that. But man, you just get under the reality of His love for you and His grace, then then just ask, just let it be like you would ask someone you were in relationship with, right? Ask the mashed potatoes. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's a whole lot more simple than what we were taught. We overcomplicated it. We made it more difficult than what it was. So anyway, praise God. Anybody have anything in closing? Is everybody good? Okay. Father, we just thank you and praise you. that uh, Lord, I just thank you that you would um, bring to our remembrance and to our heart 
Just let, let everyone's requests from you, Lord, that they lay up before you. I thank you, Father, that by your Spirit, you help allow those to blossom and to bloom and to come to pass. Maybe some people have forgotten about things that they've asked and that you would remind them and that, Lord, you'd show yourself faithful and that our joy would be full. And, Lord, we just thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, awesome. If you need to give an all this morning, lift your hand up. We'll get one to you. Those of you that are watching online, you can give by going to gracepointgeorgetown.com. Um, we, a couple announcements. We're going to do our family meal uh, January 23rd, and we're going to do a taco bar. So um, just bring things that go along with tacos, please. So that'll be January 23rd. Can't go wrong with tacos, can you? And when the Packers play in the Super Bowl, we're going to do a Super Bowl party at our place on February 13th. No one, yeah, so we're doing, we're doing a, a Super Bowl party whether the Packers play or not, so amen.